Welcome to Secrets to Selling Your Business, the podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners looking to unlock the secrets behind successful business transitions. Join our host, Jacob Koenig, a partner at Woodbridge International, as he gives you the knowledge to navigate complexities, embrace strategic shifts, and prepare you to sell your business with no regrets. At Woodbridge, we know how to give you the wisdom to achieve your ultimate success. And now, here's your host, Jacob Koenig. Right, welcome to the show. Today we have uh, Vin Infante. He's a licensed psychotherapist, keynote speaker, and mindset coach with over a decade of experience. Vin, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Jacob. So I'm curious to hear a bit about your journey. You know, how did you transition from the traditional psychotherapy roles to becoming a master mindset coach and, and keynote speaker? And, and what motivated that shift in your career? There have always been a lot of reasons that I've wanted to get into the work of helping people. Some of them were that I overcame my own issues of struggling with anxiety, depression, and panic disorder. Others were that I just wanted to really create an impact in this world. Now, I've never been in love with how I serve. It's more just about being able to serve. So I've been able to transition a, a good deal in my life. I've had three careers in three years. Where I was a psychotherapist, then I became a firefighter, then I was able to start my coaching business full time. And so for me, it was really about finding what was fulfilling and being able to serve and support in a in a way that I felt was more meaningful, more purposeful, and impactful. And eventually that wound up leading into what I do as a coach. And that that was honestly the biggest determining factor for me because I was doing both firefighting and coaching at the same time. And I felt like I needed to choose one because I didn't think I was giving either proper attention. I wasn't giving the guys at the firehouse proper attention. I wasn't giving my clients proper attention. And I felt like I was losing both of those battles because it's just, you know, when your heart's not really in a place, but you try to force it yeah, and you're aware of that. And mm -hmm. so there's a misalignment and there's not a good feeling and all of that stuff. So it ultimately led to me resigning from the fire department and pursuing coaching full-time. It's amazing. I mean, that's uh, it's quite a unique background. I don't know many people who have uh, been in, in all three of those in, in three years. That's, I mean, it <laughs> sounds like a lot. Was it, uh, was it difficult to, to manage the time? I mean, what was, what was the biggest challenge in those years and, and how did you overcome it? I think the biggest challenge in those years was actually uh, the transition into entrepreneurship. Because I had worked, even though I was a therapist and I was making my own schedule, so I was kind of used to that, I wasn't used to having to find my own clients, having to generate my own income, having to find my own insurance policies, like everything that life doesn't prepare you for <laughs> was everything I was so unprepared for. And that was the most difficult part of it all. Yeah, indeed. And I think a lot of our listeners can can certainly empathize with that. You know, we, we uh, have a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners who, who listen to the show. And I mean, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, how entrepreneurs, executives and, and teams benefit from your coaching methodology and sort of what results they, they can expect. Well, my methodology is a little bit different. So I do a combination of therapy, mentoring and coaching. It is a hybrid type of service. Most of the time, and this is what drove me to create that, is that I felt like psychotherapy in and of itself wasn't really helping people in the way that I believed it should. And, and that's coming from me as a therapist. 
right. I felt like there was a lot of things lacking in my field. And so I started seeking out better ways to help people. And that's when I stumbled onto coaching. And I'm not saying that coaching is the better way either, but I found some new information and things that I never learned in college, things that I didn't learn at any point in my professional psychology career. And all of these things seemed really interesting. And I also saw that they were providing good results for people. You might know, and maybe some of the listeners also know of Tony Robbins. Right. I was fascinated by his work. I said, wow, this guy understands humans at the depths of their being that he can take them and reverse 15 years of phobias in 15 minutes. And so I said, well, I need to learn what that guy's doing because if it's, if somebody's doing it, it means it's humanly possible. If it's humanly possible, we could replicate it in other people. So why is it as a therapist? I don't know what he's doing. That's helping people transform in 15 minutes where I believe the model is you just keep coming to therapy once a week for 10 years and never really see any results because that's what it feels like. Right. So I started seeking that out. I got my coaching started under Tony Robbins training program. And then I created a hybrid where I combined my knowledge of psychotherapy with the knowledge I have of coaching. And so where my service really supports and why I work great with high performers, entrepreneurs, business owners is because I'm able to help people go back to their deeper issues in their life, which is ultimately what keeps people from being able to be coachable. When people get stuck working with a coach, it's usually because they have some sort of deeper interpersonal issue that they have yet to resolve. Conversely, when somebody might be stuck in therapy, it's usually because of the fact that they're not being challenged enough to change the standards of their life and how they're performing. So through my hybrid service, it essentially eliminates the negatives of each service and gives you all the good. So when somebody's working with me, they could expect a lot of great personal development and creating new standards for their lives. We will take bigger issues that they might've been living with for years and we can completely transform that. And then we can work on getting them to that next level in life or business, whatever their personal development goals are for them. And I always emphasize I like working with high performers because it's not about me. It's about you as the person, as the client. It's about how do you show up? Do you put in the work? Do you want to learn? Do you take action? And so if you're somebody like that, my service works great. If you're not somebody like that, I can literally not help you. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs and and the listeners of this show uh, have a tendency to get very obsessed, right? You get so focused on on the company, on the project, whatever it might be, and uh, and don't take enough time to really look back inward as, as, as you said, what might be holding you back, but also, you know, what are you trying to accomplish for yourself? And certainly for this podcast, the, the secrets to selling your business, what are those next steps in your life, in your development as a personal you know, journey? And so I'd be keen to hear, I know you had at least one client where, where you helped them to, through a, a transition selling their company. Um, but if you have thoughts more broadly, even expanding upon that, I'd love to hear it. No, for sure. Well, one thing that I also want to bring to, to the attention of you and the listeners, and I think this is really important. And I'm not just saying this because I want people to buy my coaching, by the way. So that's a full disclaimer. The biggest thing that I've come to learn in life is that the level of leadership that you bring to a company, which obviously translates to the ability to grow that company, right? Generate more revenue, potentially a bigger exit, et cetera. That level of leadership can never exceed your level of personal development. If you are a two in your personal development, you will never be higher than a two as a leader. Your business development will never be higher than a two. 
conversely, if you are a 10 in personal development and you're a two as a leader, you can become a 10 as a leader. You can always scale up as a leader as long as you scale up interpersonally and do that personal development. And if you don't, you can never scale up and your business can never grow either. So that's one of the biggest things I always emphasize. And, and like I say, it's you just need to find someone that can help you, whether it's a course, a program, a mentor, a coach, doesn't matter. You have to invest in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we always lo- love to talk about level five leadership, you know, the, the yep. classic. Pinnacle. Um, yeah, exactly. And th- to have that humility and to be able to balance those seemingly opposite principles in your mind, I think you really need to have that personal level of development, as you said, um, or that's not not even feasible. Right. Well, we look at that, right? I assume you're talking about John Maxwell's five levels of leadership, right? And so you look at that and we know that the pinnacle, or at least what the pinnacle level is supposed to be at level five, why people rarely get there is because if you really read the fine print, level five is all about people follow you purely because of who you are. Hmm. There's nothing needed. Like Tony Robbins is pinnacle. If Tony Robbins were to walk into your business right now, and say, I'm going to help you fix your business, you would say, yes, you would shut up and you would listen to everything he said. You're not going to be like, who are you? Why are you here? What have you done? Oh, I'm not sure you can produce results for me. You wouldn't say any of that because Tony Robbins is five. And so how has he done that? And it's, I mean, his personal development journey is phenomenal. He's extremely intelligent. He's very intricate. He's done the work to not only, you know, fix himself, but also fix other businesses. And so when you're thinking about how do you advance through these rankings, it's really about how do you become that best version of you as a leader? Mm -hmm. And I always love telling people that the point of a goal is never actually about the goal itself. The point of a goal is about who you must become in the pursuit of that goal. Mm -hmm. And so that is the biggest way to understand what personal development is. It's not about you know, you want to build the $100 million company. Right. You need to be a leader capable of leading a company to becoming a $100 million company. It has nothing to do with the company and generating the $100 million revenue. If you become that type of leader, the company will just follow. It will respond to your leadership. Right. And that's where people have these shortcomings because they're like, well, I want a $100 million company, but I don't want to work on myself. Yeah. I don't want to do the things I have to do day in and day out to become the type of leader that can expand it to that capacity. That's so true. You know, I think it's, uh, it's, it's those stumbling blocks that, that a lot of people just aren't ever able to overcome. Um, and, you know, we working with entrepreneurs and, and business owners, second generation, uh, the whole gamut, as they go through this transition of selling their company, of putting their life's work in all in, in many times mm. out there as as an asset to be sold. It's such a difficult emotional transition for a lot. Yeah. Of I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and how you would advise and coach someone through that. For sure. Well, you know, it's funny. I have a friend who we were talking about something like this. Mm. He runs a very successful company. He's at the point where he probably should sell his company, but he doesn't want to. Right. And he literally told me, he said, I just, I feel scared. Hmm. I don't know what to do. Once I sell the company, like what's next? It's the unknown. And Right. And it's very interesting because if you think about the typical entrepreneur, and maybe this will resonate with you. Maybe this will resonate with your listeners. It for sure resonated with me. But the typical entrepreneur, the person who wants to achieve greatly 
is usually dealing with some deeper type of internal fear or a lack of confidence. And it's not to say that they aren't confident. Right. It's just to say that they're trying to build something and leave a mark so they feel like they did something purposeful so that they feel bigger than they currently do. And so it's very interesting because if you've done that, it means that you've achieved this high level and then your brain is going to go to, but what's next? Right. And so now you're a little stuck because it's like, yeah. well, I just built this magnificent thing. Yeah. I want to kind of revel in it. But it's also hard to justify if you're making a million dollars a year and you could get, I don't know, $50 million up front for your company. You would have to sit in your company for 50 years to make that. Does it make sense to stay in it anymore? The answer is hell no. But it makes sense to stay in it if you don't know what you're going to do next. If right. you haven't created or defined a nuclear purpose. Mm -hmm. If you haven't set another mission for your life. Yeah. And people start getting depressed with that because... Yeah. We all need a purpose mm -hmm. and we love to also not only have a purpose, but we love to feel that we're doing something that's more important than ourselves. When you're building a company, it's bigger than you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I think the biggest piece of advice I would give to somebody that might be listening and struggling with this right now is you have to identify what will give you a new sense of purpose and meaning in your life, whether mm -hmm. that is becoming a philanthropist. Like you just made $50 million. Go be a philanthropist to some degree. Create <laughs> something right. new, right? Like mm -hmm. go make a good difference and a mark on this world. Now, yeah. we're referencing Tony Robbins. He talks very highly about Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy, but he made his own hierarchy, right? Tony Robbins, yeah. uh, sick need. And yeah. it's funny because despite which hierarchy you want to look at, all humans do have this intrinsic sense of needs that do need to be met. And the very basic ones are always the same. They're always about shelter, certainty, like housing, food, income, things like that. Yeah. But as you start transcending basic human needs, mm -hmm. you're supposed to get into the spiritual need. Right. And I found that a lot of people that are lacking fulfillment tend mm -hmm. to lack that spiritual side. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to follow like a Christian God or a Catholic God or a Jewish Muslim. It doesn't I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm talking about understanding that Deep down who you are mm -hmm. is this light, this spirit, this love, being that is limitless. Yeah. And the true meaning comes from feeding into that, which goes into things like contribution, right. service to others. Yeah. How can you impact the world where you can touch other people's mm -hmm. spirits, their souls, and help them? Yeah. And so when you've successfully created this business and you're on the exit, you've yeah. done the first like four <laughs> needs. Exactly. You have two left. Right. You're working on growth and contribution. Go be a bigger part of society. That's one of the biggest things I encourage. I encourage that my friend who's a little nervous right now. And yeah. I would definitely encourage that to your listeners. And right. I also encourage that to one of my clients who did sell his business. And he was talking about he doesn't know what's next. And it's the same thing. It's like if you have your basic needs met, mm. start looking at how you can live more intentionally, purposefully, and spiritually yeah. driven to contribute to this world. And it's, it's so interesting, Vin, because a lot of this stuff lies under the surface. When we're when we're doing the transaction and we're going back and forth and there's negotiations going on and, and financial points coming up and you maybe something's found in diligence and you have to renegotiate the structure of the deal and, and some of the money gets moved. It's, it's not even that big of a difference. Right. But because all of this is going on underneath, it comes out in this tremendously powerful way. That I can't possibly 
make that that change you know if that focus is on the next step on what am i really trying to accomplish here with the sale what's next in my life that's a totally different conversation and those things i think oftentimes as long as the trust between the parties is there um yes. it's you know has a good reason yeah that is a funny point that you bring up because it reminds me of a story of one of my other clients who runs a very successful company who's getting a divorce. Huh. And he kept saying, he's like, I just want this divorce over with. Right. And every time I would talk to him and I'd say, How, you know, how's how's everything going? He said, Well, you know, now I'm now I'm countersuing her. Oh, now wow. I'm coming after her. Now I I have somebody living in the house that she's supposed to live in and I'm I'm sticking it to her. And I'm like, doesn't line up. Do <laughs> Exactly. You do realize the issue here is, is you say you want the divorce to be over, but you're doing things to elongate it. And he's like, well, no, he came after me first. Right. And she's being unreasonable. And I can't just roll over and give her everything she wants. And I'm like, those are all valid points. They're also all the things that are going to keep you in this process more than you want to be. Or maybe it is that you want to be doing this because humans are a little bit interesting. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. We'll say we don't want we don't want drama, and then somebody be like, you know what I've heard? And you go, like, ooh, tell me. <laughs> right? mean, and you say, you know, time kills deals. It's a refrain we often use here, and oftentimes, even on the sell side, the, the business owners who are, are engaged in the process start to enjoy the negotiation, the back and forth, the, you know, what's coming around the corner next. And can I get a little bit more here or there? Yeah. And it just, it's never going to work in your favor. Ultimately, right. you know, if things drag on, there's unknowns, the economy could change. You just don't know. There could be a fire at the facility. We've had that actually a couple of times over the past. <laughs> <laughs> and it's time and time again, we see that. Uh, and as you say, you just got to keep your, your eye on the prize and really focus in on, what is it that you want? What are the deep down needs that you're you're really looking to accomplish? Um, 100%. You know, and I think a lot of this circles back into self-mastery and the other subjects that that I think you were very focused on. I'm, I'm curious to hear a bit more about how you define self-mastery and, and how you approach it. Yeah, so I look at it in the form of, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, maybe your listeners, uh, have you ever heard of stoicism? Yeah. A lot of people have a very interesting view of what a stoic is. People think that stoics are just these very stone cold people. And I've always heard that, right? Like even people would say to me that if, if I'm not showing expression, they're like, you're a stoic. I'm like, I am, but that's not exactly what stoicism is. What stoicism actually is, I believe, is the first form of personal development in this world. And stoics understand that there are very few things you can control in this world. So few actually that there's only one thing you can control in this world and that is yourself. Yeah. And so what I ultimately teach people is maybe to some degree stoicism, if we want to look at it like that, but I teach people how to utilize their own psychology and their physiology and their emotional fitness to keep themselves in this form where they are actively participating in life. Because there's only two ways to live life. You're either passively experiencing it or consciously creating it. And when you're passively experiencing it, you are reactive. You don't create life. It pushes you around and you are just trying to dodge the punches. But usually you can't dodge them all. You're going to get hit once or twice. Everybody does, even Mayweather. Yeah. So we all know you can't just dodge punches forever. But when you are an active participant in life, when you're focused on only the things you have power over, 
you start creating a very fulfilling and very meaningful life because everything you're doing has intention behind it. And hey, to some degree, it could be exhausting. I hear it all the time. People are like, oh, it's so much work. It is. It truly is. But if you knew how much work also goes into doing nothing and getting pushed around all day, you wouldn't look at this as a lot of work either. <laughs> I mean, and so, Daimonia, right? The Aristotle principle, happiness yeah. through purposeful you know, achievement. Right. Well, I'm a, I'm a big believer that it is your duty as an individual to meet every experience in life with enthusiasm. Yeah. And I was about to say, because I used to be patterned in this, I was about to say either good or bad, but here's the other understanding. There is no good or bad. Hmm. Everything has whatever meaning we want to give to it. Right. So something that you might perceive as bad right now is because your mindset is programmed to see it that way. But what if you were to shift? Are there benefits in this? Is there something you've learned? Is there uh, a good outcome that's going to still happen? Or is the outcome that may not be great going to teach you something? Is it going to give you something, an education, an experience, a newfound strength, resilience? What are the benefits? There's always some. So I teach people how to zero in on those opportunities. There's only five things you can control. They all lie within. And that's your thoughts, your emotions, your language, your behaviors, and your actions. And as we emphasize those five, you start gaining more control. Your circle of influence expands and you have this ability now to actually create from a grounded conscious standpoint, which will ultimately always give you a better outcome in life. And it allows you to shift and interact as opposed to uh, get pushed and react. Staying in, in control of your own destiny. Always. Perfect. Well, I, that was all I had planned here to ask you, Ben. Is there <laughs> anything else that you'd like to leave our, our listeners with otherwise? Sure. I always love leaving some parting words. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest belief in life is, it's a favorite quote from Aristotle, actually. And he says, we are what we repeatedly do. Hmm. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. And... It's very easy as an entrepreneur, a business owner, to fall into bad habits. It's so easy because we don't have anyone telling us what to do. We're the ones who are supposed to be responsible enough to do that, right? Anybody listening, how many times you fall out of a routine or slack off on your habits? You're like, you know, you know you're doing it. If you're listening right now and you're saying, that's not me, I'm gonna, I want to meet you so I can call you a liar to your face. <laughs> but I do believe it is extremely important mm. that we have to look at life intentionally. What do you want to create? What is the excellence you want to display? What is the greatness you have within you that you'd like to bring out? Because if you understand that, mm. it's now about building those habits and doing those same things every single day. You can't be great one day. Right. You can't. You yeah. can't. You cannot build a successful business. You cannot be an amazing leader. And let's also bring it to the personal life. You can't be a good husband or wife or son or fiance or father or whoever you're supposed to be just once. Right. You need to act intentionally. You need to do it every day. You're going to fall. You're going to get hurt. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to hurt other people potentially. But what you do with those moments mm -hmm. will also define how you continue to build in this world. So show up every day. Yeah. Train yourself to be excellent. Allow yourself to practice greatness. And make living and experiencing life to the fullest a habit, not a one-time experience. Love it. 
that's the perfect way to uh, to send off the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Secrets to Selling Your Business, the podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners looking to unlock the secrets behind successful business transitions. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's guest and their insights. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts.